Welcome back to the Our View podcast. My guest on today's episode is Dr. Nicole Kumi. Dr. Kumi is a maternal health and wellness coach. She is also the owner of Kumi Training and Development. This conversation is part of our Mental Health Monday series, and today we discuss maternal mental health and more specifically, perinatal or postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, also known as PMATs. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, so I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast. I'm your host, Arthur Aston, and I am very happy to welcome my guest, a returning guest, back to the podcast, Dr. Nicole Kumi to the podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes. So um, we're actually recording this um, in early May. So it's May 3rd today, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, so we're actually uh, going to be talking again about mental health and specifically uh, maternal mental health and, and moms and um, just you know exploring that whole topic and gaining some knowledge about it. So again, thank you so much for being back on the podcast and uh, for sharing this information with us today. Absolutely, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So uh, to start off, um, I would like to start with uh, talking about post and peripartum mood disorders. Can you share with us uh, some information about that, uh, what they are and uh, who it impacts and how it impacts them and uh, just anything else that you can share with us. Sure. Yes. Thanks. So I think, you know, something pretty significant has been highlighted, especially during COVID and it's, it's related to mom's mental health. Um, it's always kind of been an old joke. You know, moms are stressed. Moms have a difficult time. The kids are running around. And I think it really came to the forefront during COVID when more people than just moms were trapped in their house with their kids. And they started to kind of see what the stressors were, started to see a lot of people becoming unwell during that time. And I think it was an important time for a lot of moms, especially moms that were pregnant during COVID, um, starting to experience a lot more of the perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So a lot of times when we think about maternal mental health, the first key word that comes to mind is postpartum depression. I think that it's, you know, it's relative to hearing the term schizophrenia with mental illness. It just seems to go with it. That's what, oh yes, I, I know about maternal health. I know about postpartum depression. There's a whole world of other disorders and diagnoses related to maternal mental health that don't get talked about because we don't talk about them as moms. And I really saw, um, it's referred to more commonly as PMADS and it's perinatal and post mood and anxiety disorders. And it's often the term that's given to the distressing feelings that moms feel during pregnancy, which is your perinatal and afterwards, which is the, the postpartum, um, anywhere from like the first year to 36 months post-delivery. And there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety during pregnancy that women aren't aware that it's going to happen. It's not talked about you go to the doctor's office and you get all the wonderful pamphlets about being pregnant and what to expect and how your body's going to change and how beautiful this baby is going to be. And I really strongly believe that during COVID, we saw a huge shift in the mindset of moms and we saw more distress happening for women before the delivery. And that really kind of brought to light a lot of people saying, hmm, 
this is real. This isn't always happening post-delivery. It used to be referred to as the baby blues or things of that nature. There were distressing feelings moms were having during pregnancy. And a lot of it had to do with contracting COVID. Um, I was pregnant in 2020. For most of 2020, I had my second child in October of 2020. And that pregnancy was a whole different story from my first in 2018, um, because you had this added stressor that nobody could have prepared you for. And the general public was anxious. The general public was scared and reserved and isolating in their homes. So just imagine how moms felt that were carrying these precious gifts. And we didn't know the effect of contracting COVID during pregnancy. And none of us wanted to be the pilot study that caught COVID and had our child affected. A lot of moms were faced with, do you get vaccinated while you're pregnant? I fortunately delivered early and early enough in 2020 where I didn't have to make that decision. And I remember being very thankful for that because I don't know what I would have chosen. But that isolation, that removal from your social supports during that time really spiked the PMADS discussion. And a lot of healthcare providers started to see that moms were coming in with a lot more questions than just, should I breastfeed? Where should the baby sleep? The questions were, I'm not doing well. I'm not sleeping. I can't stop thinking about X, Y, and Z. So you started to see that little shift that people like myself and individuals at Postpartum Support International are hoping to see at some point in healthcare where the discussion became real. It became live at the table. And it wasn't just something that we women commiserated about when we got mom nights or kid-free nights. So there was a lot more attention given to um, PMADS and really highlighting the individuals that are being affected by it. I think oftentimes too, we think moms that don't have any support or single moms, there's a lot of stereotyping related to PMADS. Um, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of moms out there that are highly educated, are the breadwinners and their families, have wonderful social supports, suffer tremendously. And again, suffer silently because the stigma, the conversation is just not being had. Yeah, that is, um, I have a few close friends that were pregnant during 2020. And yeah, the, like you said, the anxiety and the added stress of, you know, just having a baby. And it's just like, on top of that, you have all of the protocols at the hospital where, you know, some hospitals weren't allowing anybody in and it could just have one person come in. And once they came in, they couldn't leave ever. And so it was, <laughs> Um, you know, it's really, uh, yeah, I, I do. I remember, uh, talking again, to some of my good friends about that and just, um, the added stress of it all. And, um, and it was scary, you yeah. know, and, in new territory for mm -hmm. everybody to navigate. And I think our, our professionals, our nurses, I mean, my goodness have been through so much, um, right. since the onset of COVID and, and they've always been through so much. And I think it was even again, more highlighted during this time, how hard they work and the limited resources. They did their very best, but they couldn't assure me enough that I was okay, that I was mm -hmm. safe. And, you know, you think about your baby pictures, maybe, um, you know, a few years ago when you were born and um, you might have all these family members present and visiting and bringing gifts and bringing food. And it was very isolating. It was just my husband and I, um, which was great. I was very fortunate to have him, but I'm sure he would have liked to go home and take a shower um, and come back. But mm -hmm. if he left, he wasn't allowed to return because mm -hmm. of the screening procedures. And then what you leave me with a new baby all, all alone. 
Right. You know, you had so many decisions you had to make for the first time in your life that should have been driven by, you know, good conversation, but they had to be made in a split second. Mm-hmm. And that definitely puts mom's psychological state in a very, very different place. And just as the baby eats what we're eating, the baby is consuming what we're consuming psychologically too. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of studies related to fetal distress, um, colic, and that was, a, that was a whole other nightmare I experienced during this time, related to babies not hearing other voices, not being in different situations, social settings, you know, and, and people laugh a little bit like, that's crazy, you know, how the baby feels what you feel. And if you feel any type of distress, any type of anxiety, absolutely, that could be passed down, just like anything else you're consuming. So it was, um, that was a heck of a ride uh, yeah. the last couple of years. So I'm hoping we're, we're kind of getting out of it. And we've gained some awareness, I, I hope, when it comes to just how important it is to be supporting mom's health pre, during, and after um, having babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah the, those three parts, the pre, during, and after, that yep. is uh, so important. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you uh, shared with me um, in planning for this episode that you have developed a six-week course for new and existing moms. Um, can you share with us what that six week course is about? Absolutely. So the course is actually called the whole mom, um, because I believe in, in treating and focusing on the, the whole person for so many years, we focused solely on the physical changes that happen in pregnancy, all of the things that mom should prepare for. And, you know, there's all these gifts and gadgets and goo and stuff that's, you know, supposed to eliminate this and help you with this. And between two pregnancies, I have never had a healthcare provider ask me how I was doing mentally, ask me, you know, if I was prepared for the sleepless nights, um, if I was thinking about all the changes that were going to happen um, significantly after the baby. It's not just sleep deprivation. There's a whole host of other things that I think that we're not prepared for. And after dealing with the postpartum depression diagnosis in 2019, um, you know, I really felt compelled to do something. I felt compelled to do more. I'm a behavioral health professional. And here I was ignoring everything that was happening to me, doing exactly what I tell people not to do um, when they're facing a, a mental health crisis. And it was because of that stigma. And I prepared myself for the next time. I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to put in place in case I experience the postpartum depression. And, you know, the universe had another plan because we shut down um, in the middle of my pregnancy. And after having my son, I um, experienced the postpartum anxiety this time, which was a whole new ball game for me. And it was very challenging and very isolating. Again, I found myself in a place where my supports were extremely limited um, due to COVID and the research and the, the help just wasn't there. And I still remember one night, it was probably two o'clock in the morning, walking around the house with my son, those hard nights. And I said, I'm going to do something with this. After my first experience, I wrote a book. Um, I, I wanted to help people go through this experience. And I said, Mm-mm, I'm doing more this time. If I write a book, great, but I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to help other women that are experiencing this, help healthcare providers have the conversation before it's too late. 
there's something to be said about applying interventions when we're well. Too often we wait until we're we're sick or we're unwell or we have relapsed if, if thinking about substance use. And then we try to apply intervention. Then we try to apply treatment. It's ineffective because you've already become unwell and you have to kind of dig yourself out. So I sat down and I thought about all of the things that happened to me during post-pregnancy. And it was the anxiety. It was, my son was diagnosed with colic. I had no idea what colic was. People were like, oh, all babies cry. I'm aware. I have another child. She cried. He cried all the time, all day, all night. He did not sleep. And I remember reaching out to a couple friends and just saying, hey, my son has colic. Oh my gosh. Yes. My son had colic. Oh, my child. Try this. Try that. The abundance of information that came out of friends. Um, and some were internet friends, some were people I had never physically met, but I had developed some type of relationship with. And I also realized in that moment, we don't have community. So I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I took all of those topics. I created a six week course that covers each of these topics. And it's related to trauma. It's related to your sex drive. I mean, that's another thing that's big that we don't want to talk about because we shouldn't talk about it your sex drive changes and it impacts your partner too. So this course is for new moms that have never been through it before or existing moms that just want some validation, want some understanding that other people are going through this and there are resources available to you. And I think with this course also helps build a community of support. Being pregnant, having a child is hard enough. Doing it during a pandemic where your supports are limited is very isolating and very scary. So we can build an online community. And I think a lot of us saw, we don't have to leave our homes to do a whole lot of things. If the last two years taught us anything, you can do pretty much anything from your, your home office, your couch, wherever it is you're, you're working from. And this course is offered from home. Moms plug in from all over the United States. They join this course. They're getting information. They're getting resources. They're getting validation that what they're experiencing isn't uncommon. And I think that's really key. Moms need to hear that. They need to understand that there are other people kind of living in this hard time with you. And you're a click away. We say a phone call, a click away. Hop on a Zoom call, get on Google Meets, go to Facebook Live, Messengers. There's, you have such access to so many different people. And I found that I was joining groups that were just kind of the old misery loves company, you know, people complaining about their kids. And I'm like, I don't want to complain about my kids. I love my kids. I need, I need help. I need to get back to myself. And here we are again, digging ourselves out of the trenches. And as I said it the first time, I don't want a mom to experience what I did, how I felt, the, the feelings associated with it when there are supports out there, there are resources. And instead of looking for those resources, I decided to create it. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create this course. I'm going to pilot it. I did it with six friends, colleagues. Um, and they were like, oh my God, I wish I had this. I wish I had this when I was pregnant. It really, really helped me shift a mindset. And it was all about just the psychological changes, the things to expect. I, I often called it the like, what to really expect when you're expecting, um, <laughs> because it's the truth. It's, it's highlighted in there. There's research, there's stories of, of other women that have shared what it is that's going on. 
Um, but I also think it was really cool because a couple husbands and partners had been passing through and one said to me, you know, my husband was like, wait, what was that? I want to hear that. What was she talking about? I think it was probably the sex drive one. Right. And, but it, it, it gave him a perspective that wasn't just, oh, she's just too tired. It was, oh my goodness. I didn't realize you could actually be experiencing this, 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 and this. Um, and how can I help? And I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what this course is designed to do. Provide that support, that kind of framework um, to give moms a blueprint. And the most crucial part of it that, that I developed was, um, it's called a postpartum care plan. And if you're in behavioral health or substance use, you're familiar with a relapse prevention plan. And if you're not, a relapse prevention plan is something we put in place in the event that you decide to engage in old behaviors that might not be so good. So somebody that's um, you know, in AA, in recovery, they have a relapse prevention plan for what do you do and what supports do you need in the event that you start drinking again? And I thought, man, how cool would that be to apply that to moms, right? We know how many moms suffer with PMADS. I mean, I think I was looking at statistics anywhere from 15 to 21% of pregnant women in the United States will experience PMADS. We know this. So why aren't we putting something in place to help? And kind of what I was saying to you before, we wait until we become unwell mm-hmm. and try to you know, get into treatment or apply. every piece of research will show you early intervention yields the most positive outcomes. So why not work with mom at week 16 to 24 about, hey, mom, in the event you start experiencing some distressing feelings postpartum or perinatal, who could you call? What could you do? And it's a, it's a fantastic form, um, I guess I could say, or script. And I had the ladies in my pilot group fill it out. And they said, I'm glad I did it now, because if I was thinking about it post, I'd be like, I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do. So having healthcare providers develop that with you. Um, You may not know, Art, I don't think you've ever been pregnant, but um, (laughs) (laughs) they require you to go to a lot of appointments. And the older we get, which a lot of us are, um, you're required to go almost weekly towards the end, the last 10 weeks. It would have been wonderful, a wonderful use of my time if while I was sitting in the waiting room, waiting for my blood pressure to be taken, my weight to be taken, the same questions to be asked, if they were giving me a pamphlet, if they were giving me a PowerPoint, if they were playing something on the TV that was in there, the computer, that was like, hey, you might experience postpartum anxiety. This is what it looks like. And gave me a couple resources I wouldn't have been as agitated sitting in all of those appointments. So that's the, the, the big picture, the, the scope of why I developed what I did and where I want it to go and kind of just, you know, the, the support that we need that needs to be out there. We need to have these conversations and, and drive this. And the women that were in that pilot study still stay in touch. They still communicate oh, wow. with one another. And I just thought, wow, how cool to really have been able to set that framework, set a place, a safe space for them to kind of connect. And that's where I kind of came up with the whole concept of like, it's the whole mom. And we're just constantly going through all of these life transitions Mm -hmm. and evolving. So it was very important to me to 
create something sustainable, believable, and applicable to all moms. Um, and, you know, and I, I laughed and I said, and if you're a mom that has not experienced any of this that we've talked about, congratulations. Um, you were <laughs> one of the anomalies in all of this, um, because even if they didn't have the postpartum anxiety or the, the postpartum depression, they definitely had to adjust their self-awareness, um, challenges with their self-image, transitioning back to work, things of that nature that are talked about. It's not all just related to postpartum health and that key phrase of postpartum depression. It's really about prioritizing your wellness throughout your whole pregnancy and after so that you could be the best mom to those little babies that deserve it and the, and be the best partner to your partner who also deserves it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, um, I, I love having you on um, again, and I, I, I was listening to what you were saying, and it, I, I think I, what I enjoy most about um, what you are saying is that, uh, which falls right in line with my, my Our View mission is to change the tone of conversation. You know, you're making it okay to say, hey, I'm having this anxiety, or I'm feeling a little bit off. I'm having this depression that, that I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, and, and creating, like you said, that plan for people to have resources and, and people to connect to and to reach out to. So it's, um, you know, so it's not a, a, a shameful thing or a stigma that's attached to it, that it happens to so many, uh, to so many women. And it's just, um, you know, to, to get out of that oh, it's a bad thing to talk about, or we shouldn't talk about it, or I'll be okay, I'll get through it. Yep. But no, like, let's talk about it. Let's see how you can get through it. Like, yes, yeah. you can get through it. But like, yeah, you need a, a support team. So yeah. I, I really love um, everything uh, that you. you're, uh, that you're saying and uh, creating this course is, is just fantastic. And then um, you have some other news that you would like to share, I was told. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can share that now. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm very, very excited and very blessed um, to have been able to kind of take all of the creations and put them into a, a workable format. And I have just self-published my third book, um, and it is actually called The Butterfly Mama. And that is something that's so very special to me because after um, having my daughter in 2018, I felt like this, you know, when I went through this experience of postpartum, I, I felt like this new version of myself. And I spent a lot of time not liking myself um, during the postpartum, like the depression and everything. You go through this, you know, I, and that's why I think about the butterfly. You go through this really dark and cold kind of isolating thing, and you have no idea what's potentially waiting for you on the other end. And if you don't make it out, you've robbed yourself of the opportunity to turn into this beautiful butterfly. And a lot of moms don't make it out. They don't, they choose not to make it out. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, I don't think it's an easy decision by any means um, for the, the choice to not make it out, but it's, it requires a lot of work um, to get out. So when I thought about that, and I thought about the second time around, you know, and it's funny, life just, you know, you can be prepared for one thing and you get slapped in the face with something else. And I've always just kind of been a, a believer in hard work and grit. And 
you know, how bad do you want it? And how bad do you want to fight for something? And it was never a question to me, like, do I want to? Yes, I want to be better. I want to feel better. Nobody wants to feel sad and lonely and isolated and depressed and scared. Those are not typical human feelings. We don't want them. We all experience them at times, but nobody wants to live in that place. And once I created the course, I kind of was just like, my goodness, this is like a book. I could actually turn this into a book. And it was funny because if you remember, that's what I did with my first book. I wrote a journal during the whole experience. And one day I looked at it and said, I could put this as a book. And there's a quote that's out there that says, you know, your story will one day be somebody's survival guide. And I thought, absolutely. If I, I can't reach every woman in America, I can't make healthcare changes. I can't do all of this, but I can absolutely be a part of that conversation. I could be on a coffee table somewhere where somebody says, hey, this helped me. So I often think about my children as they were my little butterflies. They are the hardest um, experiences that I, I've gone through, but they have yielded the most beautiful outcomes for me. And through each pregnancy, I got to evolve myself and I almost got to decide again who I wanted to be. So I liked the version, you know, I, I often joke, I liked Nicole Burke um, before I got married, before I had kids, she was pretty cool. She was pretty good, but there was something there that was better. And I had to go through some of these things in order to get to that next level of myself. And when I arrived in 2019 and opened my eyes and said, wow, there's a whole world out here that, that needs help, that needs these resources. I want to be a part of that change. I want to be a part of that conversation. Again, if I can't enact that change all over the place, I will be a name associated with it. And I just want to be a resource to people. And then I think when, you know, I went through the next one, I thought, oh boy, here we go again. This was, I didn't see this coming. But I was eager because I had been through it before, right? And when, you're, when you've gone through something before, you already have 20% in. You've got that experience. You know what you're capable of. You know it's going to be hard. You know it's going to be tough. But you know that you're tough too. And when I sat down and I started to write this, I was like, oh my gosh, this flowed so much differently for me. Um, and I think the cool thing was, is my sister was actually pregnant um, at the same time I was. It, we overlapped for oh, maybe eight weeks. Um, I was very early on when she delivered her daughter about a month before COVID. So she got the, the full experience and all of the people coming in and all, all of the good things. Um, but I went up to visit her shortly after she had delivered the baby and got to experience her initial Oh my goodness. Um, and that's kind of where the book starts. It's, it's me as a resource in my own sister's life and kind of helping her navigate through those systems that she was dealing with. And then coming back and kind of like putting a different hat on and saying like, okay, now you're pregnant. Now you're going through this again. How do you prepare yourself? And so it, it made it, you know, and you know me well enough, Art. Like I, I like the theoretical components, but I like a good humanistic approach too. A good feel-good <laughs> story, you know, um, to to tie things in. So, I just took everything from the course, along with you know some really personal feelings and excitement, and just tried to put it out there. So if you can't take the course, pick up the book. Um, it's not every single thing, but there's enough of a discussion, enough and awareness, and. 
you might read the book and say, I actually want to take this course now because I liked what I read here and, and, and I want to get more. And it just is a, another story highlighting how beautiful of an experience it can be while also being the complete opposite for a lot of us too. Um, but if you hang on and you hang in there and you, and you put in the work, you have the ability to create not only new life, actually physically, but reinventing, evolving, transitioning for yourself too is such a beautiful feeling and a beautiful dynamic. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's just great. I, again, <laughs> love everything that you're doing. Um, Thank you. And to, to wrap up our conversation, I, I mentioned when we started that May is um, Mental Health Awareness Month. And the first week of May uh, specifically is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. Yes. And um, it is known that one in five women will experience a mental health disorder annually or a substance use, a substance use disorder like alcohol use disorder over their lifetime. And this is um, most prevalent among women in childbearing age. Um, so can you share uh, a little bit more about that and um, I found that information through the, the Blue Dot Project. So can you share yes. anything um, anything that you know about the Blue Dot Project and, yeah. and this yeah. uh, statistic? Sure, they're, um, they're great. I actually had subscribed to, um, there was a couple, I believe it was like Postpartum Support International and they were doing the, the Blue Dot Project, which was really about highlighting and raising awareness that you know, you're sitting in a room with 25 women, there's a good chance that five of them have experienced one of what you just highlighted. Um, PMADS is, is big substance use. Um, and then you, you end up with co-occurring disorders. A mom that has anxiety or depression and has also started to self-medicate. So the Blue Dot Project was actually really cool um, because this week is you know highlighting maternal mental health and tomorrow is actually World Mental uh, Maternal Mental Health Day, which would be May 4th. Um, and they asked all women, if you have been affected, and even if not, to write one in five on your hands, take a picture and post it on your social media, tagging the Blue Dot Project to help first and foremost, reduce the stigma, reduce the stigma. I was not ashamed to share my picture. I was not ashamed to share my story. There are still a lot of women out there that are ashamed and, and are fearful of doing that. But I had lots of friends that posted it just to raise awareness. They weren't affected, but they said, I knew somebody that was affected and I'm doing this to support my sister. And that's really what it's about, building the sisterhood, building this community and recognizing we have to start helping each other. 10 years ago, we weren't talking about mental health. Nobody was sitting down at their dinner table asking people how they were feeling. And you know, you and I joked about this earlier. Uh, nobody cared, right? It was uh -huh. like, hey, you're not doing, have a couple beers, take care of yourself, do what you need to do. We, we you know, instituted a culture of, you know, we're tough, we don't need anything, but we also instituted a culture of not talking about our problems, self-medicating and having an alcohol or substance use disorder. One might say we did ourselves an injustice, but now 10 years later, we're talking about it and we're talking about it with our parents, mm -hmm. our parents who 20 years ago, were definitely not having these conversations. Right. So I'm confident that the more that we have these conversations, the more programs that are out there, the blue dot project, 
NAMI does a whole lot of stuff, postpartum support international, your local people that are just getting involved, raising awareness. We're going to have this conversation at a dinner table in the next five years. Employees and employers are going to have significantly different conversations when it comes to how can we support moms returning to work? How can we support dads returning to work? Moms are carrying the baby. We're dealing with the psychological distresses, but partners are dealing with secondary trauma. And that's a whole different conversation that we will have. We will have that conversation Mm -hmm. at some point, but it's just all about attempting to reduce the stigma and, and raise the awareness that this is here. This is around you. This is your sisters, your mothers, your aunts, your cousins, your coworkers, people you care and love um, have been suffering tremendously and silently for far too long. And, and we want to talk about it and we want to tell you what it's like. And we want to make sure that our babies are in a much different position than we are if they ever have to go through any of these things later in life. Yes. And that is the way that we start to make change by talking about things. And it's, um, as you said, with, with our generation, it's like, no, we weren't talking about it. And our parents mm-hmm. definitely weren't talking about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how you're feeling. And, and even, um, you know, even still today, it's, you ask people, how are they? And they give you the fine, okay. But like, who is really checking in on you to, you know, to go deeper yeah. and to really just sit with you and whatever that um, those emotions are, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's yeah. the, the tough part. Um, yeah, because I can ask, you know, I can ask 15 people, how's your day going? They say, fine. You're like, okay, great. And you change the subject and talk about something else. Yeah. But then it's like, no, what does fine mean? Or what does okay, if you're, you're okay, what does yeah. that mean for you? Like, let's talk about it again. Let's dig deeper into it. And, uh, you know, and, and just be willing to sit with that person in those, um, in those emotions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's scary for some and, and it's, uh, but it's definitely worth it to, uh, to, to dig deep and to, um, you know, explore all of that with, with the people that you love and care about. So, um, again, this was a great conversation and I appreciate you taking the time, uh, to, uh, share all of this with, uh, with me and with the listeners of the podcast. And before I let you go, can you just share with us where people can find your books? Sure. So I want to thank you for um, inviting me back after our our first interview and for doing the work that you do to raise awareness in so many different facets when it comes to health, whether it's physical, emotional, mental health. Um, It's great work. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Um, You can find um, any of my books on Amazon um, and the most the ones related to this topic are The Butterfly Mama, which is brand new. um, So pick that one up. And postpartum, my language was my my first book detailing kind of the um, postpartum depression side of things. Great. So, and you can also um, Google uh, Kumi Training and Development, and that is my business. That is my coaching and consulting business, um, primarily for moms, new moms, any moms um, that are just dealing with some difficult times. And I also work with the companies and I work with men as well um, that are just going through some difficult stuff, transitions and looking how to support their partners too. Um, sometimes people say, well, you only work with women. I don't, I'm, I'm gender neutral, all inclusive. I work with anybody that is looking for some support um, during some transitional time in their life. Great. And yes. um 
Thank you again so much, Thank Dr. You. Nicole Kumi. I appreciate you and um, your Thank conversation you. and you sharing this uh, knowledge with everyone. So um, everybody go get her books and, um, <laughs> you know, and hopefully we'll think of another topic when you can be back. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Always looking forward to it. Yes. Thank you for having yes. me again. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. Okay. Thanks. Yay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. Did you find something in the episode that you really liked? Be sure to leave us a comment on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us to see the world from Our View on Instagram at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four L-I-F-E. We thank you for listening.